is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, it was really exciting, like you said, cooped up. Um, you know, we got all this energy built up um, just to get out there and even just have a practice, you know, with our teammates. You know, there was a lot of energy um, in the air, and it was very exciting. That is Kyle Trask, the quarterback of the Florida Gators. They will play Missouri this week. Uh, looks like everything's okay so far for the Gators as they haven't uh, been doing much for a week and a half until Monday when they're back at it. And now they play Mizzou before it is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party here in Jacksonville, which will not be large this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really? at all. Yeah. The the world's most average cocktail party. Yeah, probably will be. Probably feel that way. Hey, uh, Weber, I got a question for you. Do you like the throwbacks there were in this week? I dig them. The Gators. Yeah, no, yeah I, I like I like the the blues. My my one thing, and obviously they're playing on Halloween, but it wasn't originally scheduled to have a game on Halloween. Oh uh, yeah, I would have liked like an orange and black kind of thing. Uh, that'd be cool. You know, because orange being one of the colors, and everybody has you know throws black into their jerseys. Like the helmet for Austin, the Thunderbirds. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I would have loved like an orange and black kind of motif for, you know, a little Saturday scaries. But I, I do I do like the blue. The blue is sharp. I've always loved the old Fighting Albert logo. Uh, you know, so anytime he gets thrown back into circulation, I'm I'm pleased with it. So, yeah, overall, I'm happy. And the, the, the old school black shoes, too, is kind of cool. You uh, You see it yet? Yeah, well, I'm confused. With the, so, is the Gator gonna be on the helmet, or is it gonna be like the the? No, the, no, no, he's not on the helmet. Oh, I got you. Okay, but you see him. I got you. Okay, yeah. So it's the F with the with the circle. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's neat, man. So it's I'm blue jerseys, white pants, black shoes, new blue helmets with the classic F logo. That's uh. I'm not mad at that. So here's a little history. I got we got press release on this stuff. This is how important this stuff is. You get pr- press releases. How bored they are. Do we know what color pants? Are they going blue pants as well? What color pants? They said uh, it will be or white trousers. Pants. White pants. Ooh, with, with those black. Sh- okay. I know, and that that's interesting. Uh, yeah, Brenny, even you know this, man. You can't go white pants with but, black. But you think cleats. you could have gone? But they black used to not have pants? white cleats, so that's why. I think it'd be better. Now you can. Yeah, I know you can. Say it again, Stuart. I'm sorry. They didn't have white cleats back in the day. I know. I get it. You have to go for the full effect. All right. When I was playing baseball in high school, my coach used to assistant coach. Actually, it's his birthday today, too. Uh, happy birthday, Coach Amori. He said, uh, so a kid that would wear, like, white cleats, because mm-hmm. like, everybody wore black cleats, right? Sure, sure, sure. He's yeah. like, he's you like, always had that one, though. Yeah, and you always had the one kid, right? And, and you can always, like, picture that kid. Yeah. And he's like, Nobody's worn white cleats since the 1972 <laughs> Oakland A's. Like, that was his quote. Like, I don't even know if that's true, but that's what was his quote, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the white cleat. But then you're like, now I think now baseball players wear white cleats a lot. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, the, the, there's, a, there's a bunch of colors. Obviously, now, everything. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, what, what kind of cleats did you wear? What, what was your brand? Would you rock Mizuno? Would you rock Nikes? What were you rocking? Remember? I don't think it was Nike. Adidas. I do think uh, when I was in college, we did get shoes like we bought through the program, and I want to say it was Mizuno. Okay, yeah. I want to say that was Mizuno. I, I yeah. feel like it could have been Reebok, and it might have changed in there. Yeah. You know, but it was that was not even close. Like now, I think at all schools, it's a thing. Not sure. just at like Florida and Alabama and all these places, but yeah. even all schools, it's a thing. Yeah, and I, it wasn't like a thing. Well, Florida's got the Jordan brand going. Now they got yeah, the Jordan brand. I just remember like going from Little League to high school, man. Like we go from like the molded to the metal. Like yeah. we do, we went metal. 
Yeah, How's you're real? A, you hear a big dog now, like the, like the sound that yeah. it makes on the concrete. You, yes. Like once you get the metal cleats, you, you're big time. You are the big click time. Click clack, right? Yeah, the click clack. Yes, sir. All right, so here's the history of this, if you don't know it. The look of the Gators has been somewhat consistent since the 70s, it says. Orange helmet adopted by uh, Ray Graves in 68. And Charlie Pell introduced the Script Gators logo in 79, his first season. Since Spurrier roamed the sidelines in the 90s, no major changes in the uniform. And so that's why they have their traditional rich brand. So uh, the blue jersey is from the 60s when Spurrier played quarterback. The pants are also from the 60s. And the socks, gosh, they even match up the socks with a, with an era. Going all around uh, here. For a white crew socks, that includes a blue stripe around the top, which is a very common look back in the 50s and 60s. And yeah. the Gators will also wear black cleats with white shoelaces. Unlike current times, cleats did not have all the exotic colors and styles in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> also known as swag. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. That's the story of the... Um, that might be the most exciting thing about that game on set. <laughs> well, I think the best part is you're doing that against Mizzou. Yeah. You know, you know, don't do that against a good team. Well, yeah, I mean, people are afraid of the uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a very it's, real It's kind of like scheduling a tough point against homecoming. Like, yeah. you, just, you just don't do that, you're, man. Schedule the cupcake. The Jags are afraid. Like, see, the Jags stunk against Miami. I hope we see the teal uniforms again. Yeah. The teal unis were good. I wasn't mad at those. I mean, they're upgrade for the mustard, let's be honest. Well, without question, anything yeah, yeah. is. But yeah, they, you, let me ask you this question: Do you think that if the Jaguars would have been successful with those mustard jerseys, do you think people would have came around to them? Absolutely, you think? Yeah. Unequivocally, absolutely. Yes. I yeah. think. I think the two tone helmet stuff. The, the helmets, maybe everything. But the, those jerseys, though. Okay. Hey, listen. You see the Steelers wear those like prison uniforms? They keep wearing them because they keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would have found a way to fix the, the sweating issues with the mustard jerseys. That was the big problem. Yeah. Like when those guys sweat, they like really change the color tone yeah. on that jersey. I was thinking like I've answered this question before and when you say I, I think I've answered it more to the older uniform look, right? Before they changed it back again to this more simplistic clean, as they would say. look. But I do believe Although nobody likes the two-tone helmet, and so you won't, want, nobody would want to admit it now that Correct. this is true. But I think it is true. I think if when they had changed in 2013, I think it was, to that look, and they had won mm-hmm. for a couple years in a row, I don't think people would have a problem with it. Yeah, I just think it. It first of all, it's a little divisive anyway, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, they stunk. Yeah, and so you just want something else to complain about. And and we're out of things, so now you go to (laughs) uniforms and two-tone helmets. Temperature of the pools is too cold. Yeah, Awful. I mean, you complain about everything. I mean, what's there left to complain about in Jacksonville that we haven't? Yeah. Um, It's a good call. It's a good call. And we've reached pretty darn deep. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the game day experience of getting in the stadium, I haven't been to a game yet this year, but I feel like people are happy with, you know, it doesn't take as long because people had big complaints yeah, about the, the time from getting from the parking lot into the stadium. That seemed to be fixed and everything. So, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. It's like the, the video boards, the pools, those kind of things, some of the upgrades to the stadium were cute for a bit, and now they're not either. Correct. Now it's like, we don't even care about the video boards. Yeah, just, Why, just, do just Why do we have a dog Why do we have a pool? Just win. <laughs> dog park. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, I actually think if you look at the stadium on a game day, yeah. I think they've done a tremendous job. Like that thing pre-game 
game day mm-hmm. looks to me really good. Sure. Compared to what I got here more than a decade ago. I mean, it just looked like a like a, an older stadium mm-hmm. or a 20-year-old stadium at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, to me, now it looks – there's a freshness to it. And I still, they haven't done, redone the seats. Now, they've done the club stuff. I thought years ago there was talks about them redoing all the seats, mm-hmm. and that still hasn't happened. So mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised uh, that hasn't happened yet. Well, hey, hey, that's something to complain about. That is something to complain about. Yeah. Uh, well, not this year. Nobody's sitting in them. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and the way they're playing, nobody would have been sitting in them anyway, <laughs> and most likely. Hey. I actually think the Jags drop. I, I do think right now as it sits, I think they dodged a bullet this year in a way mm-hmm. from a narrative standpoint mm-hmm. because you're only allowed to put 17,000 in. They, yeah. the, the crowds would be bad. Well, they'd definitely be bad, but at the same time, like it wouldn't be shocking, though, right? Because expectations were never high for this team this year anyways. So, yeah, crowds would be bad, but it wouldn't be shocking. Yeah. Like I mean, the te- be I'll say this. like The TV ratings have not plummeted mm-hmm. yet. Uh, I thought, actually, they would be really bad the other day because the game started so slow, mm-hmm. but they weren't. I mean, they weren't unbelievable, but they weren't terrible. And... But I do think the look of that stadium, if it wasn't a pandemic and you could put everybody in there, I think would look pretty bad. Did you guys end up going to Tua this weekend? Or is it next week? What, what? Yeah, this weekend. This yeah, weekend, Tua. yeah. You going to Tua? Yeah. Tua game. Cool. Tua game, is it? So is that, is that your call? Uh, I mean, essentially. You, you got an influence. Yeah. Man, look at you. I yeah, pushed you until people complained. Then it was CBS that handed that down to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the Rams and Dolphins. That's the Fox game. Yeah. And uh, we have some people asking about, like, I think the Steelers and Ravens are playing, and for some odd reason, CBS hasn't like made an announcement on exactly what they're going to show to us. It's kind of late in the game. I don't know what they're waiting for, yeah. and I don't know if they're waiting a little bit more because of some of the COVID-19 stuff that's happened. Sure. I, I don't know. I, I really Five, don't. 506 has it as that game. It, well, I've... Well, I think it's going I to be that so. game. Yeah, yeah for Should ratings. Be. I think it's going to be that game because there's really no other great game to be yeah, on. Yeah. But you just never know. I mean, sometimes it works when you put it in. Sometimes you don't. Look, uh, there's a lot of markets in the U.S. that are not going to be seeing Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Really? As, as I look at the the overall map. Yeah, I mean. Like, it, the entire Midwest is seeing the Jets at Kansas City, which I know they love Kansas City. But there's a treat. Well, the Midwest oh. probably. It makes sense. Ooh. Uh, but there's no... There's no other game that even makes sense down here. Correct. I, I don't think. So I'd no. be surprised if it's not that game. But, for again, for some reason, CBS isn't really telling anybody because we have some emails about it, people asking, mm-hmm. and they're not putting it out exactly what game they're going to show, which I think is kind of odd. Hey, real quick, uh, not going to go, like, blow by blow here, but we're at a bye week. Yeah. How This is the youngest football team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. How are their rookies doing? How would you say, let's see, we ought to go uh, good, bad, and different? I like this. This is, this is a shocker. I didn't see this coming today. Did you email us this? No. Oh. Actually, I did. Okay. I think. Yeah, well, regardless, let's go. C.J. Anderson. Good, bad, or indifferent? I mean, let's be honest, man. I got to go bad off the bat just because he started off as in, he started off as actually good. Went to start indif- off as great. Start off as great. Went to indifferent, but let's be honest. The past couple of weeks, he's regressed a little bit, and I don't like regression on a rookie. So, gotta go bad. I'm gonna go this. I'm gonna go good, bad, or meh. Okay, because that worked out well for Herbert. It's good. <laughs> Went fantastic for Herbert. I'd, I'd probably go bad right now. What would you say? I would say bad. Yeah. You know why I say bad? It's probably unfair to CJ, 
because I do think he's going to take some lumps. He's going to have good moments, bad moments. It's I said it from the start. Corner. Yes, sir. Um, it, but it's not everybody. I think there are some guys that come in, bam. Like, Jalen Ramsey didn't take a lot of lumps, mm-hmm. okay? Jalen Ramsey played pretty well right away, mm-hmm. and you kind of knew. I didn't sense that from C.J. Henderson. I didn't put him in that class. Mm-hmm. But I say bad because right now the Jags really need to hit on 9-20. and 20. Yes. They need to hit on those first two picks. They cannot continue to have first-round picks and not hit on them. And right now, I don't think this is enough for me to say, oh, yeah, I can see this. I don't know. Mm. He might be a flat-out bust. And I'm going to let's just cut right to the chase. Ah, chase on. Yeah. Caleb on chase on. I'm going to say the same thing. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's like a productivity. Yeah, they haven't done anything right now to be – C.J. Henderson had a good first game. Correct. Outside of that, you have 12 samples, no, 14 samples of these guys, a little bit different because C.J. missed a game or two. But nothing else has said, oh, yeah, yep. great pick. Yep. They may, I get it. Yep. I get it. No, I'm not there. And I'm so I think uh, it's bad and bad. LaVisca Chenault. Um, good, bad, or in, or a man. I'm sorry, I almost said indifferent. Man, uh, yeah, it's good. I, I think, like, listen – he can only do so much. Like, he can only get the ball so much. I think when he has the ball, great things happen. So what he's been asked to do and what he's been tasked to do, I think he's done a great job. So I'm going good. Yeah, I go good, too. Yeah. Uh, now, I blame the Jags for not giving him the ball more. Correct. I, I feel like the second half, I want to see – I don't care what the score is. I want to see this guy play. Mm-hmm. I want to see this guy get better. I want to see you utilize him for what you drafted Nobody him for. Nobody can tackle the dude. So give him the ball, huh? There's two guys right now that are shining, I think, when they get the ball in their hands, and that's James Robinson and it's uh, it, LaVisca Chanel. Yeah. Get him the damn ball. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, by the way, Conley is going to make a catch or two every game. He's doing a good job of that. Mm-hmm. has the last couple of weeks. I, I want them to feed DJ Chark. But outside of that, DJ Chark, these two guys are who you have to give the ball to because they are doing the most with it when they've got it. But he's good so far. Uh, Devon Hamilton. I mean, from what we've seen, I'm gonna. I can't give him a good yet. I'm, I'm gonna go meh. I'm gonna go meh too. Yeah. Uh, because he really can't he has a good game. Now this could Correct. be tracking in a good direction. Sure. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, I noticed him. Yeah. If I'm noticing, <laughs> if I'm noticing interior, interior lineman, lineman <laughs> yeah, you had a good game. Correct. Okay. Because yeah. I don't care how that guy does usually. Sure. Sure. But I noticed him. Yes. And by the way, the I think the Pro Football Focus graded out to say, hey, he's the best defender they had. Whatever that means, because they still haven't listed James Robinson at all. Yeah. But so I don't get it. But the, the coaches also said Devon Hamilton played well. Yeah. So we're going to give him a meh, but yeah. it's trending in the right direction. Correct. Ben Barch. I'm going meh as well because I understand the the, the big video of him right now is getting you know put on his keister as they would say. I'm um, in that pass rush, but I think he actually was sufficient in the run game. Um, he wants to get play in a position that he's not really accustomed to playing. So I'm going meh. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Just it's a small sample. It's the last two games. Yeah, and, and not even a full game. The previous one really a, a platoon situation. Yeah. Uh, and if you ask again, I think Marone said this yesterday. Yeah, everybody sees the one play. Yeah, but outside of that, I can see him doing some really good things. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josiah Scott. It's like I feel like incomplete. Yeah. On some of these guys. Yeah. But I'm going to say meh. That's why we have it in there. Sure. Uh, Shaq Quarterman, same way. Yep. Daniel Thomas. Ooh. The guy blocked a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, you know, he's hardly played. Sixth round or fifth uh, round? Fifth round. Fifth round. Yeah. I'm going to say good. Oh, yeah. you, you, you block a punt, you, you turn, turn the game around, 
Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm going to say good because in the opportunity that he's had, all I've seen is good. Sure. And that was it, like, last week. I don't think he's done – had even – much other yeah, chances. Yeah, I don't think we've seen him. So, yeah, good. He's averaging one special teams touchdown a season. <laughs> you take that. Uh, yes, Colin yes, Johnson. See, oh, this is – let's take away the preseason, obviously. Let's take oh, away the training camp. Preseason. Yep. Man. And I don't know the stats. <laughs> that was a long man. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I don't know the stats off the top of my head. I'm just going by what I can recollect. Listen, what they ask him to do, I would give him a meh. But at the same time, the fact that he's not in more, especially in the red zone, I almost got to go bad. You know what? I'm going to be hard on him here. Yeah. I'm going to say bad. Yeah. Because he got us really excited. There it is. And I also saw him drop some balls early on. Yep. You know, so we saw him catch everything in camp, and it didn't translate to the – even when they looked good on offense. First yep. couple of weeks, he had a couple opportunities. He didn't make them. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, ah, man, really, this is going to be one of those things when yeah. the lights go on. Now, he's coming on a little bit later. He got a pass last week. Two weeks ago, it was a touchdown. So – but I still don't – I feel like we, we raised the bar, and I feel like he's getting snaps. And he's the one that's been active instead of D.D. Westbrook mm. for all these healthy scratches for him. This could be a little bit on play calling and getting him in there and doing the right thing, so I understand that. But based on what we saw in August versus what yeah. we're seeing right now, yeah. it's not good enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah. And I'm tired of saying math, so I'm yeah. saying bad. Yeah. It's like when everybody was asking last year, hey, what's that training camp for the Jaguars in fantasy football perspective? I go, Foles and Conley, going to hear that name a lot this year. <laughs> yes. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> Heard once. once. Whoops. It's a great pass against the Chiefs. Yeah. It's a really good pass. <laughs> I was on the right track. Uh, Luton, not even going to talk about him. Tyler Davis, uh, I would say meh. I mean, yeah. he's hardly been healthy. Yeah. Chris Claybrooks is interesting. <sighs> I'm going, I'm going meh. Really? See, I'm going to say good. Really? You know what I'm going to say good? Because okay. he's a seventh rounder you don't expect anything from. Yeah. And I think the guy's done an okay job. Yeah, and that's kind of why I give him the meh rating. Because it's like, well, I'm not going to say he's bad. Because listen, where he was taken, what he's been asked to do. But like, as far as like the standout plays, there haven't been a lot. That's but he's, he's getting playing time. See, I, I probably I'm should say meh. meh. Do because he, Well, because he fumbled too on the kickoff yeah. or the punt return. Um, and, he, and he's looked bad in times. Mm-hmm. I just feel like like you can make the case outside of the first three rounds. Yeah. As I look at this, nobody's been asked to do more than Chris, sure. Chris Claybrooks well, because right away they had guys hurt yeah. in the secondary and they had to push this guy in. Yeah. Well, listen, as far as his uh, player performance bonus this year for those escalators, congratulations <laughs> to him. Yeah. You're probably going to get a pretty good chunk of change there, Chris. Is there anybody else? They had four undrafted rookie free agents outside of Robinson. I was a, I was a uh, hell yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, obviously Luke Barco hasn't really played. Yeah, he We have played. not mentioned the long snapper, so he's doing good. Good. That's a good call. Uh, that's it. That's it. So where do we stand? We stand to LaVisca's good. One and six. <laughs> yeah, the most important number. We said Daniel Thomas were giving him good. Yeah. Devon Hamilton was a meh. And we said uh, James Robinson yeah. is an excellent. Yes. So three. We have 15 rookies playing. Three out of 15. What does that equate to? <laughs> One and six. <laughs> yeah. No said. No said. That ain't I good mean, enough. It's telling. No, it's, it's like. It's a very telling step. Right now it's a bad. It's not working out. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen flashes. Mm-hmm. And inconsistency is part of the rookie stuff. <laughs> you sound like me. 
Was that your impression of me? No, it's like okay. some coach speak that I've okay. heard for 20 freaking you. years. I got you. I got you. It's like they get, they need more. Yeah, and yeah, again, I, I, I really feel like you can take all the back end guys. It's great that, you know, Robinson makes up for so much. Yeah. Clay Brooks, again, I feel like he's delivering for what he is and what they, they picked him to be. Yeah. Colin Johnson, I'd like to see him do more. But the bottom line is this is all about Henderson and Chase. Correct. I mean, you have got to start showing up, man. You've got to start showing us something the final nine games of the year to give us some hope next and year. Do you know why? Because we're seeing Jalen Ramsey get interception after interception, and that's what replaced Jalen Ramsey. So it's, there's always that reminder. These two picks are part of a defense that has given up a franchise record six straight games of 30-plus points. Yeah. That's the bottom line. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We've talked every week. And in each week, it's always, there's a lot of things that we go through, you know, what's going on, what are we doing moving forward. It's not like there's no communication. We'll talk this week, you know, just like we normally do. You know, we communicated um, yesterday and we'll talk again on, on Wednesday. But it's natural. I mean, this is what's been going on, you know, since I've been here. That is Doug Marone. Here's what I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. You tell me. What is said on a Monday. And, and by the way, I agree with Doug, and I think that's been said and echoed around for a long time. See, the question is, is, is Shad uh, too much of an absentee owner and all that? I. It depends how you define it. I mean, do you want Jerry Jones? You're not getting that. Uh, do you want, I would say, a majority of the ownership that you don't really hear from that much? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Arthur Blank seems to be a little more hands-on and available in talks. Shad Khan talks maybe to the media two three times a year tops uh and then by then you got to catch up to all the issues that you could have asked about i mean that's just the way it is mm-hmm. i know people would like to hear from shot Khan, but around here i do think a lot of the ownership around the nfl and, and correct me if i'm wrong I mean, this isn't a defensive shot I, I, i'm just saying i feel like a lot of the ownership probably checks in a couple times a week with everything going on and strolls through the building or and has communication with the coaches and the GM and what are we doing and yeah you hope so I mean but shot has done that it might be from one of his jets that he's calling you know it might be from Chicago wherever he is at the time yeah but I think I mean we've heard that same story for years and years going back to Gus Bradley to to now with Doug Marone I mean that's what he's done my point is I'd be surprised if a majority of the ownership in the NFL isn't more like that than we think. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder what is said. They're one in six. It's got to be, I mean, it's kind of an embarrassing one in six at times Mm -hmm. for the Jags. I think they knew in reality they were going to take some lumps, but they're one in six. Well, like you said, they're not really competitive. So what do you think is set? Like, what? How un- is that an uncomfortable conversation for Doug Marone? I mean, how how could it not be, right? Because I think if you're winning, then owners tend to stay away a little bit because they're like, all right, yeah, you know, like we're, we're winning, we're being successful. You know, obviously I may not have the, the, the best 
football mind, so I'll just keep letting them do their thing. I don't enter a few, and, and I'll cheer from a distance. And if they need anything, I'm here for them, right? Like, just it's more of a support system. But when you own a business, whether it's sports or whatever, and when you own a business and you see it obviously faltering, and you see it not be successful, and you see there's issues, and obviously right now one in six is a big issue, well, then you have to intervene, so I'm not sure like what those conversations sound like because we don't because once again we don't know what the goal was of this year, right? Yeah. We don't know what transpired from all of a sudden Shad Khan going, hey, we're we're in it to win it this year, 2020, let's get it to, you know, Calais, see you later, boy, later, uh, uh, Fournette, thanks for playing, Ronnie Harrison, uh, good luck to you, like you know we don't know what transpired from that, so I'm not sure on Shad Khan's radar what expectations were this year. But I can just say from the way they're playing the game right now and from their lack of competitiveness, regardless of what the goal is or not, this wasn't what Shad Khan had in mind. Right? I, so I think the conversations right now are, are, are pretty stern and obviously uh, disappointing. Yeah, that's what I don't know. I, I, just, I, I think if you talked right after the game, I think they might be. And maybe there is a quick little conversation after the game. I think there usually is before they go separate planes. Yeah. Uh, but I think by Monday it's kind of like – all right, let's collect ourselves and let's see. And <laughs> I've watched, I haven't watched a ton of movies, but I've watched too many to think like that conversation is like, hey, that was awesome yesterday. Uh, <laughs> we're competitive, we're entertaining, and uh, we're still in the in the race for Lawrence. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, entertaining. I mean, that's right out of Brent, Brent Martin's vocabulary right there. Man. I mean, that can't be the conversation, right? I'd hope not. But I just don't know. I don't see when you say stern, that's interesting. I don't. I, I do think Shad Khan is a businessman, yeah. and, I, and I've said this in the past before. I said we all have this impression of Shad Khan as this kind of jovial, fun guy, interesting story, yeah. billionaire, you know, not afraid to say, hey, why are you getting a new boat uh, or yacht? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I want a bigger one yeah. guy, right? <laughs> For sure. The so, American dream. You know, that's what we – but I, I say if you're that guy, mm-hmm. you also ain't afraid to get a little pissed off. Without a doubt, and, and you can be stern and all that stuff, and you have expectations, There's be an and you ego have there. demands, yes. and you have and and you have a high standard. Yes, uh, and so while I say that, I just don't get that's the temperament of the conversations. Like I don't feel like on the other end, Doug's getting an earful from Shot. Like I don't feel <sighs> like that would be the conversation. See, once again. We don't know what the conversations were regards of goals this season. But, Brent, I've said it before. This is the NFL, right? Regardless of what rosters look like, regardless of usually who's coaching, regardless of, you know, the circumstances, games are supposed to be competitive. Okay? Like, that's that's the whole – that's why we cheer. That's why fans buy jerseys because, you know what? Any given Sunday, your team can win or lose. Now, sometimes teams have better chances to win or lose, but, like, there's always that shot. The past six weeks here, we haven't really had a lot of those feelings. All right? No. We, we haven't. Yeah, the tight, so maybe past five weeks, let's just say. So if I'm Shad Khan, and it's different because it's hard for me to put myself in Shad Khan's shoe because I'm not, I'm not a billionaire. Right? But I, I got to think where it's got to eat him up inside because usually if you see something in business that you don't like, what do you do? You change it right away. Yeah. You see results. You see it on the paychecks. You see it like on the, how much money you're generating, and you see the difference. In football, it's not like that, right? There's only so much you can do per season. And let's be honest right now. Whatever the, the past five years or six years that Shy Khan's been in Jackson, how long it's been now, um, 
there hasn't been a lot of success. And he's had to sit by and mind that time. That can't be easy for him. That's got to be a frustrating experience for him coming from a guy who started from nothing, worked his way up, and now is a billionaire. So it's got to be hard to sit back and invest your time, your energy, your effort into something, and you're not seeing the dividends. You're At least from the, the winning. I don't know how the money is doing, but I'm just saying from the winning perspective, you're not seeing the dividends paying off. So that's why I think the conversations right now – they can't be too pleasant. Yeah, I, I, I get you. You know, I, but by the way, I believe that. I understand yeah. right now the perception in Jacksonville is we have an absentee owner who doesn't care about winning. He just cares about money, and he wants to build everything on the shipyards and own everything in Jacksonville yeah. and take a couple of games to London. That's the perception. That's what everybody uh, – to some, okay? I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I think he's a prideful man. Yeah. I think this is embarrassing to him. I, I think you also have to be the, the steady guy on the ship to try to get it right and try to figure it out. And you also have to live with decisions you've made. You know, you have made the decisions. Now, the Jags do have a little bit of blame game in them. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Gus Bradley, bam, it was your fault. Yeah. The last four years were your fault, Gus. See ya. Uh, now, most recently, Tom Coughlin. The last couple of years, the reason why people are leaving, your fault, Tom. Yeah. See ya. Everybody else is fine. It's your fault. Yeah. It's been a very interesting tact. I've actually said this because I don't know business that well, mm-hmm. but... I've said, I wonder if that's a, uh, like a like an industry standard in the business world. Do you basically, like when things go wrong, do you, you can't change everything. So you kind of focus on one thing that might be a common theme mm-hmm. and say, get out of here. If we change this, everything else might come up and get a little bit better. Our bottom line, our culture, our everything, our production, all this stuff. I don't know if that's a business type of thing, but... Chad is a very good businessman. And if you look at what he's done, he basically has said outside of 2012, where he got rid of everybody, he has basically said, Gus, this is your fault. Bye. Tom, this is your fault. Bye. Yeah. That's what he said. I mean, that's those are the messages his moves have indicated over the course of the last eight years. And so I've always been curious about that. Is that just kind of like what you do in the business world? Instead of shaking it all up, you, you do that. Um, but that's what he has done regardless. And I, I do think he has to be steaming to some degree. I think at first this was a fun thing for him. I'd, I, I'd be lying if I sat there and said, oh, yeah, he really understands football. He really understands how to operate this thing and win. And he get, I'm sure he's learned a heck of a lot along the way. Sure. Uh, but I do think after this much outside noise, this much failure, mm-hmm. this much watching your team on Thursday night get crushed by the Miami Dolphins in your stadium, mm-hmm. and by the way, that's not the first time, <laughs> th- being a bottom feeder mm-hmm. uh, along with the Jets and teams like that who, who are a laughing stock, that has to eat at him in a big way. I don't buy the people that say, well, yeah, but it's worth $2.1 billion. He's fine with it. I, I the, don't let's... believe that. I, I, I can't imagine that. There's, there's, we, we are not made up like that. People are not made up like Especially that. Especially people like that. And I mean people like that. Once again, I'm not a billionaire, so it's hard for me to speak but on Shad Khan's behalf. But I just think to be as successful as you are and to get where you're at, there has to be some kind of pride and there has to be an ego. Right, and if you want to compare yourself to the other 31 teams, because it's a business, right? And go out and compare yourself to the other 31 teams around the league right now. Let's be honest, the Jacksonville Jaguars are at the bottom barrel. Yeah, simple as no that. No doubt. Uh, I mean, so, that, I, so I mean, maybe it's wishful thinking, Brent. Maybe it's like, well, I hope he cares. I hope you know these conversations are uncomfortable because it shows that you know what he actually 
gives a damn, which I think he does. So I think it's more than wishful thinking, but I think being in Shad Khan's position and while the outside world may appear like, well, he's not talking, he's not doing press conferences, does he really care? I think behind the scenes, he's definitely caring. It's like if you have something go wrong, if we have something go wrong in our show, Mm-hmm. And we have it go wrong all week long. And mm-hmm. we keep messing up something that they told us to fix. And then we have to go talk to the boss on Friday afternoon or Monday morning or whatever. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. Sure. Like, I would imagine for Doug, this can't be a comfortable phone call mm-hmm. that takes place. Yeah. Because for Doug, now he's been around this thing long enough. I'm not saying he's afraid of the phone call. But I'm also saying I'm not sure he's embracing it either. No. That's probably not the most fun part of his Monday. Absolutely. That and looking at the tape. Yeah, yeah. But I would imagine Doug's got to be of the mindset like, is this the day? Absolutely, like, is like, what the heck are we doing here? Or yeah. you know, like, what's the? T- we all wonder that if we've messed up or haven't done our jobs yeah. well. You wonder what's the when reaction. Is, when is your time going to come? And then right? we're surprised sometimes when that Doesn't boss happen. is like, that was a uh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, right? yeah, you know no, for sure. So I, I just. It's a, it's a fascinating thing. Like Doug let us in to kind of say, hey, yeah, he's not an absentee owner. We talk all the time. There's a lot of communication here. But what's the communication like? Yeah, I, we don't know. I don't think we're ever gonna know. Uh, but it it's certainly not a problem solving session because nothing's getting solved. It's no, not a phone call, by the way. It is definitely like a hologram of Shad Khan pops up, <laughs> Star Wars style, Star Wars you know. Style. No doubt, pops up. You know, one other real important <laughs> note here is this is the most involved, in my opinion, that Shad Khan has been since he owned the team. Because I think when he hired Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell, mm-hmm. he said, here you go. You guys do You give us the plan. I'm going to give you the resources for the plan. But you guys are running this thing. Well, that didn't work out. What did he do? Bring Tom Coughlin in. And no doubt when Tom Coughlin was in, he was running the show. For sure. I mean, Shad wasn't, I don't even know if Shad was going to question Tom that much. He said, I want you doing this. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, he made it clear in January when he talked to the media that both of these guys, meaning Caldwell Marone, report to him. Mm-hmm. And he is, I, I think, more involved in these conversations, maybe even decisions. Are they saying, hey, what do you think about going to get Quinn and Williams? Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. Do you think that's a good – what if we did this? Here's what it would mean for next year. Here's what it would mean for the cap. Here's what we would have to give away. And does he say, yeah, you know what, guys, I don't know if that's a good idea. What has he really done? Yeah. You know? Yep. I think he is more involved like that. Now, not not Jerry Jones-like. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But probably more than he's been since he owned the Jaguars. He's more involved this year is my guess. I agree. Wish I knew a little bit more, but that's my guess. As do I. When we come back, should the Tampa Bay Rays trade Randy Arozarena now? <laughs> it actually crossed my mind. Next on ESPN 690. It's a really good pitch for Gonsolin against Arozarena. Here's one into right. That ball will carry back at the wall. It is gone. Randy Arozarena. Have we seen anything like it in sports? Just like out of nowhere to be now a household name, maybe a star, and someone will remember forever. Now, I I get it, okay? I I asked this question, I think, last week to some degree, but uh, this is a little different twist on it. But I asked the questions like, have we seen a guy like just men? Never even heard of him. Boom. Well, Timmy Smith from the Super Bowl was one of those guys. 
Uh, I think somebody brought up... Uh, Andrew Jones had that nice little run in the postseason he, right when he started. He did. And, you know, it's funny you brought him up because I thought about that. But Jones was a known commodity. They, that's why he was 19 or whatever. Sure. And they, they knew um, that he could do this. I don't think the world... Partly maybe because it was Tampa. But I don't think people expected this from this guy. Nobody did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's got to try to live up to it, by the way, because he's... Kind of made he's made a name for himself. I think uh, who was it Cabrera for Atlanta or in that series back in the nineties as well. Somebody brought up um, like I get the unlikely heroes like that's that fits this category. Mm-hmm. But where I'm going with this is more from nothing to something and now is a star and, and this guy looks the part. You know, Joe Buck and all the announcers during the whole postseason said, hey, he's hit like this in the minors. Like, people knew he could hit like this. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, why did the Cardinals trade him then? <laughs> you know, like, why do we still didn't know? Was it strictly because he was in Tampa? I I don't know. I also will say this. I thought about it last night. Weber was over for a little raise party we had. All right. Thanks for having guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Great to see you all. Yep. There's only so much room around the fire pit. I'm, I'm sure there is. Yeah, um, and I take up a lot of space, I guess. But I said, would the Rays even think about trading him now? Could his stock ever be any better? Or, good call. I mean, you build around him. There's two options. But keep in mind, we're talking about the Rays. I know you're saying I'm crazy. But we're talking about the Rays, who trade you're guys crazy. like David Price away. Right when they get expensive, they trade them away. Now he's not going to be expensive for a while. I think they got him locked up for a bit. Yeah, and you got to roll with him then. If you got him for a bit. But if you believe, and now these guys believe in numbers, and if you believe in <laughs> here we go, buy low, sell high. Yeah, you will. You might never have a better time to sell. Yeah, is my point. I mean, what kind of? I guess you have to ask yourself the question: What does it do from the locker room, the team dynamic? Where you had a guy who essentially put the team on his back, had a, a heck of a postseason, and then you ship him off when you still have his rights for a couple of years. Like, do you think that kind of sends the bad message too? Where it's like, oh, thanks for all that you did it to us. Now get out of here so we can get some draft capital and get some minor leaguers to build up again. Yeah, probably. There you go. And the then. fans, by the way, too. Assuming there's ever fans again. Yeah. What's well, Rays though? So. Oh, you know. <laughs> It's the Rays. I mean, there's going to be it's going to be an outcry on Twitter. Come on, both of the fans will be mad on Twitter. <laughs> Ty's going to be upset. Ty and Zach will both go nuts. Ty's going to have a TikTok and like let them they do a dance, let the Rays know about it. The 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 thing about it, it's like you have to put in here that this is the way the Rays sometimes do business. Mm-hmm. Like they're this would have more of a Marlins feel to it, where it's like, hey, take us to the promised land, sell them off. Sure. So the Rays aren't necessarily like they kept Longoria for a while. Yep. They kept they even paid Longoria a bit, a, a lot actually. They kind of built around him. Uh, David Price, they knew the mark. I mean, once it got it was going to be a two hundred fifty million dollar contract. Yeah. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do that. Right. So and and the thing about the Rays is I think they're in pretty good shape going forward into next year. I mean, with some of their pitching arms and now some of the experience and some of the guys they have, they might be looking to do the opposite. And that is to add a piece or two. Mm-hmm. So I understand it sounds blasphemous to say, oh, yeah, trade away a guy that just did this. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if you can guarantee this guy's going to be like, did he just have an unbelievable month? 
is he still going to be a good player? Yeah, but is he going to be a great player? See, people knew Longoria was going to be a great player. People knew Price was a great pitcher. I don't know if we know Orozarena is a great player. Yeah, and lots of things about baseball, too, right? It's definitely about streaks, and it's about when you're hot and you're cold. But at the same time, though, I just think for what he was able to do for that team, like you show him respect and, and you reward that respect by keeping him on the team. You don't ship him off. You you don't ship off your guys that are key cogs and key players, especially when you have them for a couple of years. So I'm hanging on to him. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I asked this question, like, who is like him? And I can't come up with it. Like, that's how bizarre the Rays story is. He literally carried them. Mm-hmm. Their good players couldn't hit. Mm-hmm. Like, Brandon Lau could not hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came up with a base knock here or there. But they were awful. This guy single-handedly won them games because they could at least put some runs on the scoreboard. Good. It was unbelievable. So I don't know if we've seen something like this before. And I can't – I'm sure if you go all the way back in the annals of baseball and, and other sports, you have it. But we said it the other day. You can't really have, like, the Brett Phillips situation. And, and a rain is not far from that in this sense that you don't get it in basketball. You know the guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, I almost thought about Grayson Allen in the freshman year at Duke, yeah. where he doesn't do much all year, yeah. but then he has an unbelievable tournament, and they win the national championship. Well, it's true. That's a good but, point. But Grayson Allen came with, they knew he was good. He's a four or five-star what guy. Ab- what about Jamal Murray, though? I mean, Jamal Murray was always good, but like he kind of, hey, he, hey. he reached a new, I mean, he won some games for the yeah, Nuggets now. that's a good, he reached time. a new level. Yeah. It's a good, that's a good call. Yeah. Like, now the world knows Jamal Murray. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Austin Lane, to drive this podcast. Check me out. <laughs> hey, one last thought about the race. Yeah. How much do you think ownership yesterday said, man, if we had just spent like another $20 million on a hitter? You know? Yeah. I might have a World Series. True. I mean, just like $20 million. It's all it costs, Brent, $20 million. Should we go halfsies? I'm going to the batting cage right now. <laughs> I've been buying a play for $20 million, but okay, we, uh, can, we can go try to be baseball players if you want. No game seven tonight. Live local loud coming up next. We'll see you on TV as well, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Happy Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> it's been a- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.